0: It is so warm that I don't even have to wear a coat right now. The sun is shining and only the leaves here on the sidewalk are reminding me of the fact that it is fall because it feels more like late summer. This is, uh, of course, probably a result of the climate changes that we've observed over the past few years. But I have to say in the current economic situation this is actually really good because uh, we don't have to turn on the heat yet So um, yes, we'll just take it as it comes Hey, thank you uh, for listening to another episode of The Walk I am uh, heading for the woods but I'm still in the neighborhood uh, not far from where I live It's very quiet here. I always like to start a little bit away from the the busy roads so you hear the birds and uh, it feels more more natural. I don't really like the cars. I've got such a busy road next to my house. And uh, I'm glad that I have a moment to record the walk. This has been a busy day um, in the middle of a, a busy week. This morning I went to the hospital nothing to worry about but i had um my blood checked or they are going to check my blood but of course before they can do that they need to uh tap tap some of that blood so that that's a hospital and there are different locations where you can do that but i always uh, go to straight to the hospital because i have the the card and everything so it's much easier, much quicker. Also, they they have a lot of capacity, so it's basically you you arrive, um, you get a, a ticket, you wait for 20 minutes, and then like five minutes later, you're already in the street. This is part of um, kind of the the thing that we're trying to figure out: is why I have these um, these these relapses into extreme fatigue. They're not very. Um, uh, they're, they're not occurring very, very, very often. But when they do, they really knock me out. And so this could be um, still part of post-COVID um, things. Or or maybe there's another reason for this. I, I have had similar issues um, a number of years ago, and then it turned out to be vitamin D deficit. So my physician just wants to rule out uh, kind of the obvious things. And this is why she ordered a whole list of of, of checks that they're going to do with the, with the blood. And then after I'm done recording this, I have to head again to the same town, also to aid to aid. It. But this time um, it is for the COVID booster. So I'm going to get the, the the booster shot, and uh, that will uh, hopefully give me more protection. In the months to come, I um, I'm very glad that I, that it's my turn because uh, even though the overall number of infections is uh, is uh, decreasing right now, I still know a lot of people in my in my circle of friends and uh, acquaintances that have had COVID or are st- uh, currently um, struggling with COVID, and not everyone has the same symptoms, but. I do know a few people that have had it pretty badly. You know, they they were pretty sick for uh, for more than a week. So again, it's it's such a weird virus, <clears throat> and you don't really know what it's going to do to you. So uh, better be safe than sorry. I'm and I'm glad that we have uh, the uh, the opportunity to get a booster shot. And then that's that's kind of. A <laughs> It's a lot of, like, back and forth today. And I, I knew in advance that this was going to be a day where I had to uh, bike a lot. And so I, instead of um, of making my normal plans for a Wednesday, I was like, okay, this is just going to be uh, a day of, uh, of travel. Um, I will just turn it into, um, uh, like, an exercise day. And so I started this morning... Um, after i uh, or even before i went to the to the hospital with a run let's see i'm going here to the right and uh, uh yesterday evening normally on on tuesday evenings i uh, joined my running group but uh, in fact i had one of those those f- moments of fatigue yesterday evening and I, I was really on the fence because sometimes if i go out for a run it gets better and i get more energy um But it was almost, I I don't know. I felt like, well, maybe it's a little bit uh, too much. And in doubt, always say no. (laughs) It's it's this this one rule that I've learned over the years. When you're not entirely certain, you know, what's what's the problem of just taking some extra time to, to rest? So I went to bed a bit earlier than normal. And I'm glad I did because I... I had a nightmare oh my gosh I, I woke up at like two o'clock at night and I had had this really creepy nightmare about zombies and and whatnot and I was uh, I was in a room and I couldn't get out and I could hear the zombies outside this must be Halloween <laughs> just all the Halloween imagery that you, that I see this week on uh, on my timelines and, and somehow it got to me, <laughs> which is really weird. But you know what was strange uh, so I, I woke up and I was really still I felt that rush that, that adrenaline rush of of this fear and then you're in this half half awake half asleep state and you're, you're i don't know how exactly that works but i i I kind of assume that your brain is releasing these uh chemicals or whatever into your blood that that really um give you this fear reaction and even though I was trying to intellectually um, control the situation and tell myself "Well, it's just a nightmare there was still in the back of my mind there was this lingering anxiety like oh but what if I had that dream because someone was in the house and uh, of course I've had a a case of uh, attempted burglary uh, uh, about a year ago and I, I guess that's still somewhere always a bit in the back of my mind, well maybe uh when I least expect it, they'll just sneak into my house and and then you start listening, you're like, Do I hear anything? Is there could there be someone downstairs? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to check. And so I walked down the stairs and uh got a glass of water and checked all the all the rooms. And then and then slowly the the kind of the, the fear started to uh, to ebb away, but it's just this weird interruption, I, I hardly ever have nightmares, uh, and certainly not the kind of the horror kind <laughs> so, in order to get back to sleep, uh, I use a feature on, um, on my iPad so I've got the iPad charging on the desk next to my bed and uh, on actually on the b- both of the apps that I use to listen to podcasts there's this function to to uh, do a sleep timer and so i usually just put on a if i'm I'm like in a a state where i have to call myself i just listen to a movie review (laughs) and then i put the timer on 15 minutes that usually does the trick and then i just listen to what was i listening to maybe it wasn't even a review of of um the the latest uh, ghost ghostbusters movie (laughs) (laughs) and then uh I don't remember, of course, any of that, of what I was listening to, but it helps me to um, kind of reset my mind instead of, if I go to bed or if I go back to sleep right after a nightmare, you sometimes just pick up where, where you left. And I was like, yeah, no, let's change the subject. And uh, and then, of course, I, I slept very well for the rest of the night. But I was glad that I went to bed earlier than normal, um, because that interruption did kind of mess up my uh, my sleep rhythm and so this morning i was like feeling good but i did feel a little bit guilty well not guilty but i was like okay i skipped the, the 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 training yesterday um it's a gorgeous morning the sun was shining you know what i'm just going to go out for a run i'm up pretty early so that's what i did and uh, i initially planned on just doing half an hour but I was just in the zone. <laughs> I love it when I'm I'm running by myself, and you just step into that rhythm. Um, and I I never really were, well I tried at one point um, when I was training for a marathon to um, to accelerate my pace because I'd heard that if there's this like 180 beats per minute or something uh, rhythm that is uh, apparently very good for long distances. But it just always felt that I was forcing myself into a a a rhythm that wasn't mine. Whereas if I'm if I'm really enjoying the run, um, I just don't even realize that I'm running anymore. And that's where you usually where I fall into my regular pace. And then uh, later on, I checked, and I was actually going very fast, but it didn't feel as if I was going fast. I was going much faster than during training. and it's, it's just proof that if I get into the zone and the, uh, what is it, the, the happy chemicals start to flow, I get into that runner's high and, uh, and actually I, I'm, I'm doing much better than if I would do it consciously. Um, and instead I was just uh, thinking about a whole ton of things. I, I love it when, and that, that's usually, that's the advantage of, uh, of running alone. I can just let my mind drift and go over um, some of my plans and the work that I'm doing, even just thinking creatively. So I was thinking about a a couple of um, of video commentaries that I wanted to do on some of these uh, Japanese anime series. And then it's, it's funny, like all of a sudden, oh, wow, I just realized that in that particular episode, this and that could mean and started to make connections, <laughs> which is funny because I didn't really plan on thinking about that series. But it's just you, you kind of open your mind. I don't have to do anything but running. And then it's all of a sudden, it's almost as if because I'm in this unstructured mode, you get that creative boost as well. And uh, so all in all, a very enjoyable run. And then I went to the hospital by bike. Then I I wanted actually to get a haircut uh, because I need one. (laughs) I need to get my um, my new, not passport, but um, my new driver's license. I've got to renew my driver's license. I was like, okay, let's get a haircut. Let's uh, get some official photos and then um, apply for the renewal of my driver's license. But unfortunately none of the hairdressers uh had had room for me so i made an appointment for tomorrow so yeah all totally uneventful stuff but uh it's still all these little things add up and i'm glad that i didn't make any plans wow there's a funeral going on there there's actually uh, I think it's a cremation center um and there is a uh a black car driving uh, and followed by about 30 people very solemnly. So they're going to do a, a tour, I guess. Sometimes people, if they live here, they may actually do a walk past the house where that person has lived or maybe where the family lives. I've never seen this because I thought this was just a place where Well, maybe this is actually not the, 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 what is it, a cremation place? Maybe they just do the, the farewells here. This, of course, not religious. But yet people still like their rituals, even if uh, it's not maybe a religious ritual. But I've never seen a procession like this. Wow, quite a few people there. Okay, I'll just turn to the left. I don't want to disturb their uh, their uh, meditation or, how would you say that, their silence with my podcasting banter. <clears throat> so, memento mori, as they say in Latin, right? Always remember that one day, oh, they're applauding. That's interesting. Maybe it's also a way to uh, thank the deceased for his or her life. Who knows? But always re- remember that you one day you're going to die, and of course that's that's in a way we always worry about that, and we and even worse we we kind of push it away. We don't want to think about it, um, but. It's one of the few things that we can be certain of in this life. Um, so it, but it matters. It's, it's not just a negative thing to think about dying. I mean, of course, you shouldn't be obsessed by just thinking, oh, I might die any moment because that could paralyze you. But it also makes you uh, value the life that you have, the days that are given to you, uh, because you know that it's, it's finite. There's just this, this life on earth, at least, that is given to you. And uh, well, if you if you believe that there is life after death and that ultimately there will be a resurrection, of course, that this life is not the end of everything. It's almost like the the, the runway before you take off, but it does play a pretty vital role for the for the rest of your eternal life, is the choices you make and uh, in the life you live. So that 's what I try to do is to spend my days in such a way that I hope it helps others, and I know that if if I serve you, if I serve the people that God has put on my path, then that will also make me happy and uh, and and very often I forget and I tend to get focused on myself on my own anxieties, my own doubts. And the moment I do that, <laughs> I start to become unhappy, and uh, so it's all about you know turning your your. Um, uh, I'm trying of a, trying to think of the word. It's looking it's looking at the people around you, at the world around you, and to to step away from from yourself. That will actually um, help you to live a life that is directed towards, towards others. And, and the more you give, <laughs> the, the more you will receive, is at least the logic of the, of the gospel. But it doesn't mean you always have to be useful. Uh, that's a trap, actually, when it comes to living well, is to think that every single waking moment should be uh, efficient, uh, productive, um, because that, of course, also has the downside of uh, um, of, of disconnecting you from, from the current moment. If you're always thinking about, well, but this is not useful, I should do something useful. Um, you forget that life in its essence is more of a gift that you get to unpack and share rather than a chore that you have to fulfill or to accomplish or a job you need to do or a a race you have to win there are aspects of life where it feels almost like a race and of course it's it's motivating to have a goal but it's it shouldn't it shouldn't feel like your life only has value if you produce value sometimes I think, but part of the art of of living well is just accepting the gift and and take your time to savor it. Um, compare it to when you're invited for dinner uh, by friends or family and they 've cooked you this wonderful meal and the only The only thing you can think of is how nutritious is this and i i don 't have much time so i 'm going to eat as fast as possible, and then I will have the the fuel for what is really important in life, and that is to be productive. <laughs> Imagine if you had guests yourself that would just, like, <laughs> get uh, get rid of what's on their plate in, in no time without really savoring it or tasting it. Um, yeah, that would be... You would feel sad. So there, there is definitely... Um, part of of life should be, I think, about just appreciating the gifts that are given to you. And by showing your appreciation, by being thankful and living a grateful life, or by, by expressing that gratitude, you make the person who gives that super happy, right? Uh, the more, and that this is why it's so important to 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 thank other people for their contributions, even if it's very small um, or very common just thank people for what they do this morning i when i got my uh my my visit to the hospital uh this per, this lady that was doing the, the the blood uh works um that's her job she does that all day long and so you enter the room she's behind the computer you you have to uh Tell so your name and your birthday and uh, stuff like that, uh, but then I always kind of try to make conversation, and so I thanked her for her service, and I wished her you know a good day, and I could tell that that she that brightened her day. Well, of course, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not thinking that that just changed her life, but just these small moments of appreciation, telling someone that you value what he or she does even if it's just a job um, it's important it's really important and if we, if we could do that more um, I mean I notice it in my own life as well when, when I make these videos um, it's so gratifying to see that uh, that people are, are appreciating what you do and so if it's just a thank you or a thumbs up it's, it's an incredible motivator because you, you realize, well, wait a minute. I, I was able to brighten up someone's day. Isn't that the coolest job in the world to be able to do that? And uh, yeah, that's one of the most exhilarating things of social media is that immediate feedback which you don't really get or at least not to this, this degree in traditional media where the distance between you as a broadcaster and the receiver, the viewer, or the listener on the radio, that distance is way, way bigger. People don't even realize that <laughs> that they could actually give feedback because they're so used to this passive consumption. So what you tend to see is that people only express themselves when they have reasons to complain. Uh, and... Uh, this is this is where a lot of the toxicity um, often takes over, and I don't think it's healthy. It's of course, and we 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 tend to just complain and moan about stuff we didn't like, um, and we take it for granted that that that, they, that you have these storytellers. I I, I was reading this uh, interview with the the showrunners of um, Rings of Power, um, two guys who actually didn't have any credentials before they made this series but they had this incredible passion for middle earth for the world that tolkien created and and it was their their zeal their their energy that won over uh, the the higher powers at amazon um and and of course this was a very coveted um job uh, so they must have had tremendous- co- uh competition from from maybe showrunners and creators that had much more experience um, than they had, but they just went with these guys, and then they they said how hard it was for them after having spent m- several years creating this passion project to see that people just labeled it as a an easy cash grab this is just about the money these these guys don't care about tolkien they have no respect for the sources and it's that how much how much that pained them that to to just see all that vitriol about something that was so near and dear to their heart and not just to them but also to the actors and and all these creative people and you know what i I believe that that's that's definitely coming from a good place. This is not just PR talk, um, because I, these are creators, storytellers, people that are in you know costume design, set design, uh, editors, musicians, the 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 audio people that made to do the sound effects, the special effects people. All these people have. Uh, are, are doing this because they have this creative itch they made their this this creative drive made them choose this particular profession and being somewhat of a creative person myself I know how much it hurts when someone kind of poops your your work even if you're paid for it it doesn't matter <laughs> you want other people to enjoy what you enjoy to share your passion that is That is the most exhilarating aspect of working in a creative business: is that not only do you enjoy making something, but you get double the reward when someone else enjoys what you've created. Um, And so I can imagine—I can imagine that it stinks when, when you're confronted with, uh, with all that you know, the the tsunami of negativity. And this seems to be like a recurring thing. In the world of uh, of media in general, um, maybe even to to a certain degree, also a manufactured thing, because there is money to be made uh, with all this negativity. But I I I do know from experience that if you dwell in this negativity, even though it can give you a bit of a uh, a boost, sometimes it's just nice to go. I do that sometimes. I I just. Something irritates me, or I'm mad at someone, or I'm thinking, you know, this is not what we should do. Um, It kind of feels good to complain to someone else who is listening. But it's ultimately, you're just punishing yourself. Especially if it's kind of the angry type of reaction. If you're constantly angry at people around you, you're punishing yourself for a mistake that someone else made, maybe. Um, and i've I've noticed that if you instead try to always value what is positive and don't dwell on the things you dislike, that actually gives you peace and more than that it 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 turns you into a positive people that that others like to be with um, and it's difficult sometimes you really have to bite your tongue because you're 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 so eager to share. a kind of a snarky remark and uh, (laughs) you are certain that you have your view of the world or whatever is the right view Um, there's this urge to share it but if it's negative it's better to to weigh to take some time um, to think before you write something or say something and and ask yourself is this other person, is that other person really open to the, the feedback that I want to give, even if it's constructive criticism, or not? If that person is not even reading what I write, why should I then openly complain about all these things? Am I really improving the world by doing that? Or am I just dwelling in this... I, 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 am I Am I just um indulging almost in this in this uh uh, negativity that can have this short-term gratification but in the in the long run can be almost self-destructive um is it worth it or should I just let it go and and look for something that I do like and please and it's it's um it's always like the the people that you surround yourself with, the things that you read on your social media, even the 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 talk that you talk, the things that you say that you tell yourself or you tell other people, that is going to determine your whole outlook, your way of thinking, your mindset, and so be careful <laughs> it's like like food in a certain way uh, if you only eat. Uh, things that give you this short-term gratification, but in the long run are destructive for your health. Um, is, is that the right choice to make? <laughs> you know, if you drink alcohol, for instance, um, that can give you a buzz. Sometimes it can mm, kind of mitigate some of the pain that you may be feeling, but it can also turn into this addictive substance that... Literally destroys your brain. I mean, all the doctors are uh, are in agreement about that. Uh, any any amount of alcohol is um, uh, has has a negative effect on the body and on the brain. So is that worth it? Always ask yourself that. And and it's the same thing with the people that you surround yourself with. Um, and I've been. Uh, did you give you an example when I was still in seminary? I was, of course green greenest grass i was 18 years old um, i had, i came from the netherlands and i started my studies in the french part of uh, belgium um, i was in seminary with uh, oh, at one point almost 50 other seminarians from all over the world a lot of them also from from france from africa poland uh, spain uh, south america and Uh, There was this this habit that I've also noticed in other in other situations in the church where there was almost this habit of of always gossiping, complaining about bishops, complaining about the pope. Uh, It was always like uh, these some of these discussions were almost um, kind of a, a rite of passage. Where if you if you didn't join the complainers, and the critics, then you were naive. (laughs) And so I felt, as an 18-year-old, and most of the seminarians were a lot older than I was, that I I could prove myself, (laughs) although by um, by also being critical and and complain about stuff. And then I've just followed the the general vibe, and it was usually. About the the, the the stupid things, you know. It's like, oh, of, of course, the generation before us, they they destroyed the church. Uh, the liturgy was horrible. Uh, we need to choose another direction. If only the bishops were as brave as we are, and we felt like on top of the world, you know. Leave it to us, and we'll fix the church. And of course, that was so presumptuous, and so untrue and wrong. But it's because we you know we were just seminarians what did we know of the world what did we know about the church <laughs> we didn't even understand ourselves oftentimes in our own behavior let alone you know these big uh, <laughs> these these cultural changes that were going on in society and we thought that the the best way to fix the church was to criticize whatever was wrong almost to kind of... Do what some of these bigger monkeys sometimes do—they just beat their chest and are like, "Well, leave it to us. We are the kings of the jungle." (laughs) And of course, it's the thing is, you imagine that you're doing something, but you're not because what your opinion does not matter. It doesn't even sharpen your mind because you're only thinking about what's wrong what's wrong in other people, what's wrong in the church, what's wrong in the liturgy. But that gives you a false sense of, well, at least I'm not asleep, you know, I'm, I'm not naive. But what it doesn't do is motivate you to come up with alternatives. But it's not enough to say, well, leave it to me and I will fix things. First of all, I think just on a spiritual level, that is a big issue because then why would you need God? Why would you need to pray? After all, you know <laughs> you know better than anyone else what should be done so it's it's um it's pride um and it so it doesn't again um <laughs> it's it's this attitude where you don't need anyone else you don't need previous generations because they messed it up you don't ultimately you don't need god, and then of course you're not really solving anything you're not thinking about solutions. So but, but that it was just this vibe, and it was so easy to get swept up in this, and at one point, I even talked about it with my um uh my spiritual uh father, or how do you say that, like the priest who was doing the spiritual guidance, and I said, "I always feel so bad after we uh, with all this negativity always i I, I feel worse than, than before the conversation started, and he kind of warned me against the addictive nature of negativity. And so, over the years, uh, more and more I stepped away from that kind of negative mindset. And (laughs) I think it has had a huge impact. Now, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. And people that know me well know that I also sometimes have these days where I just complain. And it's usually coming from a place of hurt. You know, someone has has done harm to you or has feels like a threat or has not respected you. And then this negativity, even sometimes subconsciously, is a way to get back at these people. But it's not helping you. It's just you're punishing yourself. You're not helping yourself. But I, I think if I look to the, the, the bigger picture... Oh, wait a minute. This is also a dead end. Oh, wow beautiful dead end though This is a little all these houses are built in a circle around this uh, round square but these these houses are built in the middle of the woods so they're surrounded by all these tall trees all in beautiful autumn colors gorgeous place to live and you're just far enough away from the road not to hear the traffic yeah i assume these people have like very tall gates as well so i'm thinking this is um, probably the richer part of uh, of the town that lives here um but uh what was i saying yeah i think overall stepping away uh, as soon as i started to feel like oh but this is just gossip and sometimes i was the one who initiated it but stepping away from it and correcting course correcting telling yourself you know this is not going to help me. It's only going to make me feel worse. Has, I think in the long run, really helped me to be more positive um, and optimistic. Um, and and I've noticed how much that has rubbed off on, on a lot of people that follow me either on television or on, uh, on social media. Um, and it's, uh, it's... It doesn't always come naturally. Like, there are days that... I am not feeling all peppy and super optimistic and 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 happy, but I just fake it until you make it. You know, (laughs) that would that would mean that I'm I'm not being genuine or authentic. That's not what I what I want to say. But it's it's like almost encouraging myself. Well, just let go of that fatigue or that negative mindset. Try to do something positive something uplifting put a smile on your face and hasn't science proved or demonstrated that if you actually smile you will activate certain areas in your brain you will actually start to feel better so and it's also in the the way i use my voice um you may be very used to my the way i I speak um but it's (laughs) When I listen to myself, I always notice how, how much I, my voice goes up and down. And the more I'm excited, enthusiastic, my, <laughs> the pitch rises. Um, and I definitely notice when I've recorded something in the morning compared to when I record it like now in the afternoon. In the afternoon, I have much more energy. And I was like, even this like much more energy and, oh, oh, It goes up and down. And it, it's super vibrant and alive. Um, and I, but I also recorded a, a podcast. I don't even remember what it was um, a week ago, and I listened back to it. I think it was a video, and I was just like my voice was lower. I was speaking in a more solemn tone of voice. It was I don't know. It was like, wow, that must have been in the morning, and I was not really aware of the fact that I actually sound pretty tired and weary. Um, but it's also the opposite, you know. If you um, put your, your energy into what you say, um, you will get that energy. It's it's like a, um, it's like on a bike, you know. When you the more the, hard, the faster you bike, the the brighter the the lights on my bike because <laughs> it generates energy. Um, I don't have lights on my bike that are you know battery powered. So if I go really fast, then the, the light will also shine brighter. And if I uh, go uphill and I'm tired and I go slow, then, you know, it's this little weak light. It's still visible, but yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really... Um, it, it doesn't shine in the darkness. So um, why, am I te- why am I sharing all this? I don't know. <laughs> it's just random thoughts. Uh Sometimes my head feels like a forest full of fallen leaves and then there's this wind that just (laughs) makes them (laughs) whirl up in the air. Um, I'm actually, here on my left is, uh, it's one of my favorite places in the neighborhood where uh, there's this big meadow for horses and there are about like six or eight horses. But they also have their paths. It's not just grass, but they can walk around and, and choose if they go left or right. It's a, actually a really great place for horses to... Uh, if I were a horse, I would love to uh, to live here. And of course, on the other side of the street, are they are they're working. I'm glad <laughs> I don't have to listen to that all day. This is the season of the leaf blowers. And instead of, you know, if I were the mayor, I would say, there's this one hour every day, between three and four, where you can all go and use your leaf blower and then silence until the next day. <laughs> instead, it looks like people are taking turns. It's like, oh, my neighbor is, uh, is using his leaf blower. Oh, he's done now. I'm going to use my leaf blower because that's a great idea. And then the other neighbor is like, "Oh, huh? I already heard two leaf blowers. Let let me get mine. And uh, I've got a more powerful one. Let's make more noise." It just goes on and on and on. It's not even good for uh, for your garden to uh, to get rid of the leaves. It's much better to leave them on the grass. It it looks a bit messy, but it's all it's all compost you know it, it feeds the grass and it, it uh, retains the water much better so you don't have to uh you don't you your your garden will dry out less quickly hmm so welcome to garden advice with father roderick <laughs> what time is it i need to get back because uh uh, ooh, I've been already walking for 40 minutes now. Um, I, I, I got to pick up and do some groceries and then I have to step on my bike because the location where they administer the COVID uh, booster is not where they used to do it last year. Last year it was this huge haul and they had even the military. I remember I got my, my second shot from a soldier they had recruited the army to help because there was just so many people and you had to wait in line for more than an hour. There were hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, this time it's um, it's much more north of Aden. And so we'll see. But I, something tells me that's a much smaller location. And it's probably also because the urgency is not as high as it used to be. I mean, it's still very very much recommended to get a booster shot, but I'm not sure that everybody will Get one, plus they, they have more time now. The situation is under control. Um, and so they spread it out over multiple, uh, multiple weeks. That's why I had to wait several weeks until my age group was uh, uh, when it was our turn. I'm going to take advantage of when I'm going in, in the you know when I'm going to bike north. Um, I'm going to visit a, a two parishioners of mine, a couple from Vietnam. They've been living here in the Netherlands. Um, they're, I think, originally refugees. Um, and their children grew up here in the Netherlands. And uh, they have a, um, an Asian... Um, how do you call that? Like a food stand. That's the word, a food stand. Um, so, and they don't cook uh, Vietnamese food. But kind of just general, like, Asian, Asian food. It's more fusion, I guess. And what's cool is um, they used to have this very classic uh, Asian restaurant um, just making stuff that the Dutch like to eat. But nothing special. And it's really hard to stand out nowadays because there's so much competition in that sector. And so their son came up with this very cool like marketing idea why don't we make it more hip and modern and so they have only like six six types of food that you can order but all these recipes have been optimized and they tested it out on the audience and so they know this if we make this there's going to be there's going to be clients for this whereas usually in chinese restaurants at least you have like 500 options and and usually people always choose the same. So, <laughs> uh, let me see, where am I? Right here. Coming up to the hill Stamsebet, which is actually the road where I live. Now, do I go right or left? I have to turn left. Let me first cross the road real quick. This is uh, traffic hour. Lots and lots of cars that, are in a hurry to go home. Um, and, and then they have this, like, uh, choose-your-own-Asian-meal kind of thing where uh, you just choose either rice or noodles and then you add condiments, you add stuff, and everything has a little price. It's a, a bit what, like, Five Guys does for burgers. And I think it's so smart because all these extras that you can add are the same as what you would normally get if, if you get the kind of the standard dishes. But you can combine. And so for them, for, for prep, for meal prep, and of course it, since this is a, a, a small food stand, you don't have a big kitchen. You don't have um, the ability to have a lot of stuff in the fridge or frozen. Um, so it's a, it's a very optimized way of minimizing the, the, uh, the meal prep that you have to do every day. And yet, you give people the idea that they can basically choose whatever they want. So, I was planning on uh, going to say hello to them and get myself some Chinese food as a little reward. I know that you shouldn't reward yourself with food, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, I had my blood taken this morning, so I need new strength. Uh, And uh, I got my COVID booster... Um, and, and here's I'm actually I'm, I'm proud that I'm able to do this without even really blinking worrying because uh, a, a number of years ago, this is like 15 years ago, I used to have a needle phobia, I was so afraid of of injections or, or vaccinations or especially if they would take my blood I remember one, uh, one time uh, this is when physicians still did the whole blood work themselves I remember um, actually fainting at one point I, was, I think I was still in seminary and uh, I don't even recall why but they had to take some of my blood and I made the mistake to watch the, the doctor insert the needle and, and that was so, it was like a big needle of course because uh, it's like this hollow needle and I saw it entering my veins, and then I just completely blacked out. And then I woke up, and I was like, the doctor was uh, bent over me. and was like, uh, are you okay? Do you need some water? <laughs> so ever since that moment, I've, I was so afraid of needles. And, um, and it's only much more recently that I started to rationalize. And I was like, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? This is... Just even the, the, it doesn't really hurt that much, it's just a little prick. Uh, so I should just shouldn't look at what's happening. And so, uh, <laughs> I, for, when I had um, kidney stones, uh, and I, I used to have those quite often, it's thankfully, uh, very rare nowadays, they always do some blood tests. And, uh, and so, for a number of years, I, I used to have kidney stones almost every year probably also because of my diet, which wasn't very good, and I wasn't li- living a very healthy lifestyle. Um, I basically, they had to take my blood every year, and so there was no escape. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? Nothing can happen. Nobody dies from getting a bit of blood taken. And so I, just, I would just ignore it and make conversation and let the other person just like, prick me. And at the same time, I was talking about the weather. And just setting my mind or taking my mind off the thing itself. And then every time I successfully um, survived the bloodletting, I was reinforcing myself like super positively. That was great. Oh, I need to do this again. You see, it's really, it was worried for nothing. Trying to basically subconsciously because I didn't have much knowledge of how the brain works. Um creating new neural pathways and then uh, associating these kind of procedures with positive reinforcement and maybe that's why i feel like at the end of this day when i've had like two needles in my both my arms i'm just gonna i'm just gonna associate it with a, with delicious asian food how about that <laughs> it's so funny we're so tweakable we always think that we're Kind of stuck the way we are, and you know, I this is just who I am. This is just how my brain works. Well, actually, you'd be surprised at how flexible your brain is, and it's all about creating these new. You know, it's what I talked about earlier on with uh, with your mindset. You you have such an impact on how you think, and even how you experience the world by 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 making different choices, by surrounding yourself with positive people. Uh, by looking at, at, at what's beautiful and what's, what, what's great. And if, um, if you notice that, for instance, watching too much news or following all these toxic people on social media, if that puts you down, if it makes you even more worried or pessimistic, let it go. <laughs> Start following people that do make you feel good. Uh, If you have friends that are constantly criticizing you, or making you feel inferior, um, or are, worse, constantly gossiping and negative about other people, cut them loose! You can choose your own friends, you don't owe anyone anything. (laughs) Surround yourself with the people you want to emulate, and over time you will start to become like those people. Uh, This is the busy road, as you can tell, with a Porsche that is uh, passing by. That car alone is probably half a house if you want to buy it. And then, of course, every time they step on the gas, it makes that sound like, I'm important, look at me, look at my expensive car. in the end, that person will have to wait for the same traffic light as... uh, me with my old Ford Fiesta. It's parked here. My car, I'm going to get rid of it. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's just sitting there. I think the last time I used it was because I had that little fuel leak. And uh, I had it repaired. I haven't used it since. I may have used this car maybe six times this year. That's once a month. I'm paying about 600 bucks. Uh, no, that's not true. What did I calculate? Yeah, I think it was like 600 bucks a year, 650. And that's not even counting the fuel. Just to have that car sitting there? Yeah, no, that car has to go. Anyway, I'm back home. I'm gonna take a look at the dehumidifier put in the the pantry because I, I'm so happy I have that thing. Just get rid of all the humidity. So the kitchen was 75 when I left, it's now 63. And then the pantry was 90, no, was it 95? I think it was 95% humidity. And now it's at 74%. So I'll still leave it running for a while. This of course still costs quite a bit of energy. But there's so much mold in this uh, pantry, I think it's worth it. Plus, I do believe that it actually helps my uh, respiratory tract to have. uh... And I noticed that even though I kind of uh, don't have the heating on yet, even if it's 16 degrees, if it's dry, if the humidity is below 60, it actually feels quite nice <laughs> whereas if the humidity is high it's like 75 percent then it's so chilly and I, I really don't like it when it's when it's uh humid like this all right thank you for uh, the privilege of your time hope you enjoyed this and um i will talk to you soon god bless